back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast, your perfect marriage of AFL and Supercoach content. You're on once again with Chizo. Speaking of marriages, Pistol, I hear that yours might be breaking down in the next 24 hours. <laughs> Collingwood versus Hawthorne is uh, huge in my household. Um, unfortunately for the Pies, we don't win very often against Hawthorne. That's probably for the benefit of my marriage, though. So uh, fingers crossed uh, we can get a Collingwood win uh, tomorrow. I'm very much looking forward to it. Look, mate, Larry is just hanging on the end of his seat. He's known for a little while now that uh, you two were going to be facing off. Um, obviously, I'm talking about the, the, the morning show appearance where it was basically just uh, Shannon versus Pistol. I was, I was thinking they were inciting a riot there between you two uh, in, the, in the household between Hawthorne and Collingwood. That's going to be an exciting game, mate. Uh, I, I can't let you go that easily, though. I can't let you escape. I've still got more pistol news. Have you decided what your donation will be for slipping the first little uh, swear word? He, he did a swore last week, ladies and gentlemen, for anyone that uh, picked up on it. Pistol, uh, have you decided what your uh, your forfeit is going to be? Oh, yeah. No, I'll definitely donate to the uh, Cancer Council, Chizo. But I do like it was a, a little sneaky editing skills to, to pop the F word in there. So I appreciate that. Thank you for doing that for me. <laughs> Look, I was thinking along the lines of like a new Twitter, uh, you know, display photo for a week or something like that. Maybe you with your shirt off. Um... <laughs> no one wants to see that. Trust me, Chizo. <laughs> yeah, look, I, I, th- I, I, would, I would totally look at it just for the awkwardness on your behalf. Um, uh-huh, but I w- I w- sure. we'll move into some positive news for you, Pistol. This is it's all an intro about you right now. Yes, yeah, you went about news? three years too early, but I think Hawkins is starting his good run. <laughs> He's really good this season in Supercoach. Uh, another big ton tonight against. Uh, well, I assume. I mean, the game's in play, but he's scoring super well. So if he if he had plays terribly in this last quarter and doesn't ton, don't blame me. But yeah, he's. Looking good for um, a top, you know, six forward option, and it's totally unique as well. Hey, mate, if you know anything about me, I'm going to blame you anyway. So uh, if he falls off the cliff, it's also going to be your fault because you didn't tell us to get back on. Mate, uh, the the last bit of news um, to do, we're coming up to almost the 200th episode. How crazy is that? It's a lot of episodes. Thank you for listening. That's a, that's a lot of time, and we're taking up a lot of it now, so we'll quickly get through the last bit of housekeeping Joel Dillon, we'd like to say thank you for your donation to the Dr. Supercoach Cancer Council fundraiser. I'm, it, there's no message. I'm assuming it was for a donut. I hope more of you get a, that have had donuts in the 2020 season do jump on board because we're still doing the Cancer Council uh, fundraiser. I donate love for that you don't. I love that you call them out, Chizo. It just goes to show to everybody that Chizo does not listen to the Monday podcast. So uh, you've just outed yourself on this podcast by shouting out somebody that we already shouted out on the Monday podcast. So love that from you, Chizo. <laughs> and how about I, we get into some actual I, I've super be coach talk? I've got to be honest. I just don't think JB gives good super coach advice. I just, <laughs> I don't really listen in. Well, how about, I feel like I'm pulling teeth. <laughs> There's some, some super coach news. Let's get into it. All right, mate. We'll go through the teams. Uh, start off with those. You've got your boys... Uh, versus <laughs> Hawthorne on Friday night. Take us through the ins and outs. Yeah, some big outs with Dugowie and Dacos, who's probably been our top couple players this year, and Tyler Brown, the big super coach rookie news that has been omitted from the Pies. In come in three youngsters. We've got Isaac Quainer, Will Kelly for a debut. He's uh, listed as a forward and super coach rookie price, as well as 
Atu Bosanavalagi. I've done well. I paid um, that actually. That, that's pretty much what I was going with. I, I, I just I'm terrible with names anyway, so I'm fingers crossed that's somewhat close enough, and I've done it justice. Um, and on the Hawthorne side, out goes Harry Jones. Unfortunately, he didn't last very long in that side, even though he got plenty of centre-bounce attendances. Scrimshaw is out with an injury. Mitch Lewis was also injured, and Sean Bergwin was rested. In comes Harry Morrison, John Patton, Josh Morris, and Will Day. Chizo, super coach relevance all over this game. Mm. Will Day in particular. Tell me, what do you know about him? Highly rated junior intercepting defender. Uh, as we've seen this year, intercepting uh, defenders are scoring really, really well, really benefiting from uh, the changes to the scoring system in 2020. Uh, I think he has the pedigree, uh, the potential to be um, a very good super coach scorer. My only concern is that we're not sure when some of the, you know, the, the likes of uh, Jack Scrimshaw will be back. I know he's out with that ankle, but I don't think that's been confirmed how long he's expected to be out for just yet. Um, so whether he has a long-term position in that side is uh, left to be determined. Yeah, and Impey's coming back next week as well, and I think he'll just slot straight into that back line. So I hope... He can get a good run of games. I know he's a little bit expensive as a 153k defender, but it looks like his scoring potential would be quite strong. So I'm, I'm really, really hoping that that goes well. Josh Morris is listed as a 117k forward, kind of a medium-sized forward, we'll call it. Um, to be honest, I don't know much. Well, I don't have high hopes for him in terms of uh, super coach scoring potential and you know, Bergoin will be back and I imagine it will be a straight life for like. So the, kind of the job security side on the Hawthorne um, inns is not uh, very strong. On the Collingwood side, uh, Will Kelly would have to outplay um, most of the Collingwood forwards to remain in the side, I think, because Dugowie will be back in the side. Um, but there's always a spot for a pressure forward. So um, I think we'll call him a two. I hope that's how you pronounce it as well. Um there's spots available if he's able to outperform um, some of our other smaller forwards. Like Jamie Elliott's not you know, setting the world on fire at the moment, so he can definitely make the spot his own in the side. So that's that's more interesting, I think, there. But in terms of supercoach scoring potential, I'm not quite sure he has it either. Yeah, I, I think the, the obvious one um, that I thought was going to be dropped from last week was Tyler Brown. I, I think with Steele's omission... I thought that that was his chance to really kind of stamp his authority in that supercoach side. I, I think based on last week's display, I can't uh, you know expect him anytime soon. Uh, so I'd almost be advocating this uh, is a pretty easy out for Tyler Brown. Yeah, Quainer coming in is not good news for John Noble, who remains as an emergency. Mm, still an emergency. Um, yeah, I just think we're going to have to put games at some stage into Quainer. He's such a talented kid. Not that Noble's... Noble's not bad by any stretch of the imagination, but I feel like Queen is going to get a run now um, and will basically be for as long as he can hold his spot until he gets, you know, forced out. I don't think there's going to be, it's, you know, Noble doesn't have a spot waiting for him in the side. He has to now wait for somebody to slip up and lose form. So whether that be Varco or Quainer, um, he, he has to, you know, bide his time now. So I wouldn't be holding my breath and holding him in my super coach side if you're still waiting on Noble to come back in. Yeah, I think this year when we're finding it so hard to generate cash, um, I'd almost just be, 
you know, taking the opportunity. He he's not going to be favourably seen with his uh, his break even anyway. This is um, Tyler Brown in, in this instance, so I think it's a pretty easy trade out for me. Uh, I, I guess the 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 one question I do have um, with the the you know the turnover a lot of these young players that Collingwood are having is this going to be a common theme we see with a lot of these guys that they're they're in for a couple of weeks as soon as they have you know one poor game um, they're basically on the chopping block is it that simple that just one bad game and they're gone I think it's it's not just Collingwood but I mean if we're looking at the Hawthorne team and we've literally seen Harry Jones be omitted after one game and he wasn't even bad so uh, it's it's going to be a little bit like this this year, which makes Supercoach a little bit scarier, particularly with the two-game, um, you know, rolling average and price rises. I should say, not rolling average. Um, the price rises changing after two game means that if you you can't really wait to see if someone cemented a spot um, before jumping on them, you kind of need to go after one game, and that's not great. I think we're losing a lot of cash just by waiting to see a third game to make sure that they've cemented their spot because you're. Going too early and being left with no cash generation is, I guess, scarier than going too late and making less cash generation but still having it as well as playing bench. Um, I think if the games, because there's talk at the moment where there will be more games um, crammed in on an average of, I think it was four and a half days per fixture is currently the rumor going around. I think we'll see a lot of games where a rookie's in for a game, then doesn't play the next one, and then comes back, and then doesn't play the next one, and then plays the third one, and that's just going to, you know, wreak havoc across our super coach sides in terms of cash generation as well as in terms of playing bench and just fielding a team in general, Chizo. Yeah, and I think this kind of tilts its hat or tips its hat to the sentiments that I've had in previous weeks that you really should be not just jumping on any. You know, um, let's take Will Day for example. It could be any rookie, but this is just happens to be the team we're, we're, um, you know, we're talking about. Don't get sucked into how good a guy might be in the future. You know, Will Day has the pedigree to be a fantastic rebounding defender, intercepting defender, and he probably will be one day. But don't let that kind of cloud your um, your judgment into who you might be picking because you're going to have to make a decision uh, this week and next week on what sort of rookies you want to bring in. And we really have to be looking first at the job security because the job security is going to dictate how much cash they can make. Yes, he might score um, a, you know, back-to-back 70s, but if there's a three, you know, three matches in between where he's not playing before he gets that second game, that's the most important factor to me. So pretty much at this stage of the season, I'll take rookies that are scoring lower or have lower scoring potential take a max king as a prime example but have guaranteed job security i'm pretty much just taking that every day of the week so let me just throw one back at you chizo i, you I took ned McHenry mm-hmm. given i thought he had very good job security oh come on if they suck you don't pick him does. anyway <laughs> he's not made much cash and uh i i don't regret it yet um, but I might regret it at some point later in the season. So just wanted to throw that one. Cheese, it would take us through the next game. Okay. Uh, next game on the Saturday afternoon, Fremantle and St. Kilda. Saints side, Dan Hannabury out injured. Isn't that, uh, haven't seen that before. And in comes Zach Jones. On the Fremantle side, we do have some big super coach news in that Nat Fife has made it through training this afternoon and he will be playing on Saturday, provided he's still 
uh, raring to go in the morning on Saturday. Uh, Blake Akers, Brennan Cox, Travis Collier also come in as Griffin Logue is out. Jesse Hogan, Reese Conker, and Taylor Duman are all omitted. It's one of those, uh, I, I, I don't know about you, Pistol, if I ever have an injury, I'm flying immediately to Fremantle. We First we've had Sturt, <laughs> and then we have Fife that was going to be a two, probably three, and he's back in like an eight-day span. It's insane, and I'm very mad that they up they they changed the, the original timeline for Fremantle. They said one to two weeks for Fife, and then on Thursday they put out an update saying it's two to three weeks, and then on Saturday, right after I made my trade, they're like, ah, oh, yeah, maybe it's a one week of, for Fife. I'm like, all right, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um. Oh, it's just absolutely killer giving a trade them out, but you win some, you lose some. Um. Chizo, there's. A little bit of a problem I see looking at this team sheet for Fremantle. Their backline talls are almost non-existent. Wait, they have some? I can't see any. They are non-existent. Luke Ryan now is listed as a centre-half back, and I actually don't doubt that he's going to play centre-half back Mm. rather than like any sort of intercepting defender because they don't have the height at all down there, and he's going to have to play tall, and he'll have to play... I mean, fortunately... St Kilda don't have, you know, some sort of twin tower combination going. They've got Max King, but their next tallest is, you know, Battle of Memory. So they might be able to get away with it, but I'm not loving this, you know, Luke Ryan potential lockdown role. I still think they I still think they stretch them a little bit with the likes of Memory, Battle and King there. So I think there's there's still going to be some impact, but you're right. They don't really have anyone else to turn to uh, in that instance other than Luke Ryan. It might mean that um, his, he's still intercepting quite well this year, um, but he's not, he's not performing as what we've seen in, in years past. I think it does impact his output. Um, if anything, it, it probably looks to me down the line that because I'm finding so, so hard to generate cash this year in, in large amounts, I might be looking at him as a, an upgrade down the line. It's a, uh, for those that have him, it's probably going to suck in the meantime, but in a few weeks' time, if he turns that, that form around, you might find him um, a little bit cheaper than we probably would have expected. Yeah, I mean, if the the tolls come back into the side and Luke Ryan can be freed up, you know, in the the Perth hub, and we know how much he loves playing at home, his averages are much higher at home than away, then he could be a potential cheapie. So I guess keep on the radar. But at the mm. moment, not loving it, uh, Chizo. <laughs> yeah, not not at all. Um, I, I guess what did you make of uh, Caleb um, Sarong? Like, have we missed the boat for those looking at him? I. I I, I'm still getting a few tweets um, as him as a potential in. I think I think those last week was the the kind of the nail in the coffin for me. I wouldn't I wouldn't be considering him. No, yeah. Look, unfortunately, Fife that one week injury. People were probably hoping to bring in Caleb and be like, yeah, he will be lasting me for two three weeks, and Fife will be back, and he'll have made a hundred k and scored mm. well in the meantime. Fife's back after one week. Caleb Sarong's role is probably going to diminish severely. Um, I imagine he'll be used more as a forward now and get less midfield time. So pretty unlucky. And not just that, the amounts, just the sheer volume of midfield rookies that have been named this week. Um, I don't think he was the best choice last week. And I don't think he's the best choice now to bring in. So yeah, that's probably... Probably all for me. Jesus, so do we want to talk just very briefly on Jack Steele? Do you think that he will be tagging Nat Fife, or do you think he'll be doing what he's done this season and kind of just body him at a stoppage before playing his own game? 
No, I think in retrospect, I think the years that he's done those sort of roles were his education. You know how we see a lot of these midfielders when they're up and coming, they send them to roles um, where they follow the stars around and, and learn the ropes a little bit. I think we're past that. I think it's it's not necessarily a head-to-head. I don't necessarily think it's going to be uh, a tagging job. I think he might just be going to the likes of Nat Fife around contests, trying to um, either nullify or win those one-on-one situations. And I think that role is really, really suiting him in 2020. That contested kind of inside ball winning that we've seen um, a lot of players of that ilk scoring really, really well this year. And for that reason, he's one of those options that have been talked about um, around the social media circles as one of the best options to look for this week. Pistol, what are your thoughts on that? Because... He's not exactly a cheap, undervalued option. You'd be picking him against the likes of other bona fide midfielders in that price range. Yeah, on, on the mud on the Monday podcast, which I know you didn't listen to, I was very mm. high on Jack Steele. Mm. Um, I'm 99% bringing him in this week personally. Yeah, just the combinations of what we said on Monday, I think um, just speaks volumes to how he's grown as a player this season and you know he's scoring the one bad score against Collingwood's kept his price much lower than it should be I mean his average is still phenomenal even with a 73 against Collingwood in it so it's Jack Jack Steele's time to shine in 2020 and I'm not going to miss out on the boat not going to overthink it Um, I think this season there's been a little bit of overthinking in terms of players that are not scoring well and trying to jump on them when they start getting hot rather than just jumping on the hot players already. You know, I'm sure there's countless examples that that hasn't worked, but at least off the top of my head, you know, Simkin, Ridley, Neal, getting these players in ASAP. um, You know, if you manage to get even two of the three of those, your ranking just shot right up. And I think Jack Steele could be, you know, the next one on that list of, ah, you know, in hindsight, he had four massive scores in one bad game against Collingwood. I probably should have got him, and I don't want to be left behind. So uh, he's my man this week, Cheezo. Yeah, okay. It's a really good um, point that you bring up in that uh, this season, waiting to pick up those known commodities that have started slowly haven't really benefited those coaches as opposed to jumping on the hot new thing and chasing the scores from previous weeks. You're seeing kind of like a strategy this year that you're liking the look of is that if you identify a player that is standing out from the pack and, and scoring well, which he has not done previously, you're having no problem just jumping straight on it. And, you know, you're comfortable that that's proof enough to see that he's going to be a, a season-long keeper. I think I wouldn't usually be comfortable, but I think in a shortened season, so we already have limited sample size. Not just that, we've got shortened quarters. So we've got, you know increased variance as well as still a little bit of confusion about which players are benefiting the most in these circumstances that when we've got you know five game sample size out of a 17 game season like I know it's a small sample size but we're already you know close to the halfway mark of a season yeah um that it's enough where you're like okay well you know four out of five games are huge and he has improved and anyone that can watch him can we can say oh yeah he's averaging over 20 to um, touches a game is right at the top of the list of tackles per game. You can see those stats, but just when you watch him play, you're like, okay, he's taking this game to another level on top of all of this. So I'm going to jump on now and just ride it out. And you know what? In a previous year, I would definitely go for the proven commodities, but 
it's currently working out um, for me and my strategy. I obviously jumped on Ridley and Neil um, in round three, so that, you know, rocketed me, and I've been doing that every round, and it's been working, so I'm not going to try and overthink it this year at all. Okay, cool. Really, really like those thoughts. It's um, just something I thought I'd unpack. Uh, next game, Eagles and the Crows, mate. So out is the injured Shuey and Jermaine Jones. In comes Ainsworth and Jared Cameron. On the Crow side, out goes Crocker, Murphy, Polky, and Walker. And in comes McPherson, McKay, McAsey. That was a lot of mix. And Stengel. <laughs> <laughs> McStengel. <laughs> and McStengel. <laughs> um, Chizo, firstly, um, I want to say McPherson, defender rookie, hugely talented, extremely injury prone. I, I just want to point out how injury prone he is. I think people. I feel like I've heard that name for think, about six years. No, he, no, not that long. But he, <laughs> he's been one of those really talented guys that's just always injured. Um, and usually people think that oh, it's a rookie, so they just haven't broken into the side. But like McPher- McPherson's been injured for most of this time that he's been at Adelaide Crows. So I feel like I wouldn't be going if I had to go early on a rookie. Yeah, it's good to go early on a team that's so unsettled as Adelaide because any player can, you know, hold a spot and make it their own. But McPherson is an injury risk on top of all of that. So if I had to choose any player from this round to go early on, I would be a little bit hesitant in the injury, picking a player with injury risk and somebody that also doesn't have rock-solid job security. Yeah, I, I think I agree with those sentiments. I mean, the... The likelihood of re-injuring, um, you know, I, I, th- I think we saw some stats on Twitter earlier on in the week that as the rounds have progressed, there have been more soft tissue inger- injuries as um, the year has gone on. The thought that we're going to try and cram a game in every five days, I think you said before Pistol, only kind of leads me to think that um, we may see more soft tissue sort of things in the future, which... You know, we might see a lot of these types of players get rotated through squads. So I, I, I think that McPherson is definitely going to be given that opportunity, but I also see the potential that, um, you know, he might be going in and out, not necessarily through injury, but maybe just to kind of manage him a little bit because the, it looks like that we've got a lot of football coming up. And I agree with you with your, your statement that you might pick um, someone else. Maybe if you had to go... Uh, early on a defender, maybe you're copying a, a zero this week and you need a rookie defender. Um, maybe I'll be looking to the likes of Will Day over Andrew McPherson for those reasons that we've listed above. It's, that'd be a tough situation. Yeah, um, and uh, I know we, way, we, yeah. we've, we've been... We've been uh, I've been hit up on Twitter this afternoon with that exact question. Give me a defender rookie that um, I, I need to get this week. I need to go early on because otherwise I'm going to cop a zero. And uh, I, I think that kind of um, covers that uh, quite well. Yeah, I think the, the problem with the, the two options that you have in McPherson is 123K and then you've got um, Will Day's 153K. If they mm. were the same price, I'd be getting Day. It's just yeah. the 30K extra kind of, for me, swings it in the favor of, well, they both probably have dodgy job security. I'll at least get the cheaper one Yeah, sure. Um, in that situation. But that that is a... You've, tough situation to be in um i just wanted to say quickly i see mccasey is named at half back but tex is out they didn't bring in a tall replacement Duday's listed on the interchange 
logic to me would dictate that McCasey's probably going to play at least parts forward, if not forward, in this match. And his versatility that they spoke about before being drafted, and they said how we could play on either end of the field, I think we're going to see that this week, Cheese. I, I would not be surprised if he plays forward. Yeah, no, I, I really, really agree with that. That's a, a great uh, catch. I didn't even notice that. Their, their forward line's tiny when you look at it. The, uh, yeah. like the, Tom Lynch is probably the... Oh, no, Billy Frampton and, and Tom Lynch. That's not exactly the one-two punch you want to have in your, your AFL side. At, at no knock on them, but... Um, the the one thing on the Eagles, it's um, if you're in the position where you do um, still have Brander, are we still in the boat to be holding him? I'm still holding him on due to his um, the the likelihood he'll be back in the next fortnight, and I love the fact that he's got the DPP defence forward while I've got Hill in my side. Uh, are we in any rush to kind of get rid of him, or is he one of those rookies you wouldn't mind holding on to? That's a great question because I think a lot of people are going to have that. And I, I think Brands will come back. I, I said on the Monday podcast, and now we've got an update, and they said that he was touch and go for this week. I think if he's fit, he obviously wasn't. But if he's fit, I think he comes straight back into that eagle side. So for me, it's a hold. He's got a very achievable break even, and he's not a bad scorer. So um, it's a hold on my end. That DPP is super handy as well. But good thinking. It's also nice to see Bailey J. Williams make the emergency. But if anyone watched the game last week and – They'll, they'll know that it's a, it was an Oscar Allen breakout match. And I think Bailey J. Williams was probably competing for one spot with Oscar Allen. And I think Oscar Allen's just nailed that spot for like the next three weeks after mm. his unbelievable performance. So unfortunately for us, Bailey J. Williams owners, we're, we're just going to have to keep <laughs> Wait biding a our time. Just keep biding the time <laughs> until he, he makes it to the side. I feel like he's... Too good to not get a chance this season. This is going to be a season-long long tease. And I'll just Probably. point out that uh, Jared Brander has been traded out once across Supercoach for Bailey J. Williams so far this round. <laughs> Some, someone did that. <laughs> Why? Nine people traded Matty Rao to Jared Brander. There you go. Pistol. That's an interesting that's, trade. <laughs> that's an interesting one. Uh, not so, someone traded him to Sam Jacobs. I'm not sure how that happened. That's even more interesting. I'm pretty sure it's not even named, so we'll, we'll get up to it. Jeez, why don't you take us through the Melbourne versus uh, Gold Coast Suns match? Yeah, another Supercoach relevant game. Matty Rao out with that shoulder, uh, confirmed to be getting surgery, out for three months minimum. Uh, so his season's done. Will Power has also been omitted. On the ends, we have Braden Fiorini, Gotarini, and Isaac Rankin. The player that we have been waiting so, so long for. I can't wait to get your thoughts in just a moment, Pistol. But on the Melbourne side, out we have Adam Tomlinson, Jaden Hunt, Joel Smith, and unfortunately, Trent Rivers, uh, the defender rookie that a lot of us have in our sides. I hope you find a way to get him off your field. Uh, if you have him there, Harley Bunnell comes back for his second game. Uh, must have been all that defensive work he's done in the last 10 days. They got his spot back, Neville Jetta. Oscar McDonald and Sam Wiedemann. Pistol, we'll start with the good news. Forward rookie, bargain basement price, previous pick two or pick three, highly regarded, Isaac Rankin. It's going to be a tough week next week with all these players coming into their second game who we're going to stuff in. Um, A lot of people I've seen are going early on Rankin what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that this is uh, someone that, something that you would uh, get behind or is it a definite uh, wait and see with uh, Rankin? That's a great question as well. I guess I'll just lay out 
some facts and we can we can talk through it together but I mean obviously Rankin has been injury prone otherwise he would have played well and truly much earlier in his career he's likely going to start in the forward line probably the forward pocket for the Gold Coast Suns which isn't an ideal super coach point scoring um I guess position but he's so talented and you know this I guess what have we been calling it high impact um plays that yeah yeah, they, they've been basically scoring much better this season compared to other seasons. So I think his scoring potential might be okay this year with these you know higher variance quarters. I, I think he might go well, and his job security is obviously going to be strong because um, he's an absolute match winner. So I don't want to go early in terms of you know injury risk, but I, I do want to go early in, in terms of job security and potentially getting some other rookies. I think for me it will depend on which rookies don't you have and which ones do you want to get so if you didn't have Benel and um, maybe you wanted to wait and see how he goes before jumping on I know he'd go up in price but you know people are doing crazy things Um, or any of the other rookies that we haven't even discussed yet there's so many on the park I think you could probably I actually don't even know now now I'm questioning it because I guess I'd go with somebody with more job security than somebody that doesn't have job security. Yeah. I had to pick someone to go early. Um, yeah. And I, I think, sorry to cut you off, but I, I totally agree with that, that you're tossing up between his previous injury history and the fact that he's pretty safe in that side Yep. if he's on the park. You know, like, um, it's not like we're picking, looking to pick some guy from obscurity like we've just talked about in, you know, in that defense conundrum where you might be looking at a zero and you've got to go early. With Isaac Rankin, we know he's going to be a low possession getter but high impact player, and there's every chance he can average 60 or higher. And if you're in the scenario where next week you have some trades planned out um, and it's going to be too difficult for, you know, maybe there's three rookies next week that you foresee that you want to get on that become must-haves, but we've only got two trades. Maybe you do have to go early. And for someone in that situation, um, I don't know why he'd be turning down some of the rookies this week, but just to, uh, for argument's sake, he would be one that I would be more readily able to um, kind of come to the decision to pick him up just based on the fact that we can be really confident in that job security. It's the same kind of Max King analogy that I've had previously, Mm. Pistol. So. Um, I hope that kind of um, builds on the comments you've made. It's not that we're advocating it. If you find yourself in a situation where next week you have too many rookies to choose with your two trades, we can see the argument why you might pick someone that has more job security and have a look at some other guys and who to pick next week. Is is that fair enough to say? Am I go or a, a little bit out of no, touch? No, I think that's that, that. I think that's quite fair. I, I just would struggle to go early on him when there's someone Jake Arts in the same position. That's the same price. You know, Arts is a mature age. he played really well for Richmond. I, I I would struggle with the decision of getting him over Arts this week mm. when there you can. Cho- there's no reason you can't choose Arts. Yeah. So that's. That's kind of where mine was going. My mind was going when I was t- when I was talking. But in terms of like rookies overall that are named this week, and if I had to pick one first game player to go early on, you know, it would be Rankin. Yeah. I just don't think with the other options this week that are available. Yeah. Um, that he would be the one. Totally agree. I I think 
this this echoes the sentiments from the top of the show where I was saying let's not get sucked into the pedigree of these young players. Um, I, I, I literally see people commenting all day saying that they're bringing in Rankin this week, going early on him, he's going to score well. You know, we all, we've wanted to pick him for 18 months, you know, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, I think that, that wraps that up, um, uh, you know, really, really well in terms of what our thoughts are. Uh, on the although, deep, yeah, although I, I, Chiso, you always come up with another bit. Time. I, I will because I've just flicked across to the Geelong and, and Lions game and noticed Sam Simpson has scored 113 in his first match. And I don't think many people jumped on him. Um, and depending on the injury to Duncan and Narkle and how long they're out for, it he's, might he's be worthwhile. Yeah, it might be worthwhile going early on Rankin so that you can pick up Simpson next week because, I mean, depending on your plans, obviously, but um, I think there will be people that will want Simpson and Rankin and one of the other rookie options. So you have to go early on one of them. Yeah. And it might then have to be Rankin. So that's uh, something else that's just been thrown into the mix. All right. If you can figure out an answer from all that, good luck. I'm already confused from listening to myself talk. <laughs> <laughs> On the Melbourne side of things, Harley Bennell. I know you're an owner of Harley Bennell. I am trying to stick away, and I think there are better options, even in this week of, uh, of rookie options, into their second game. Why Pistol? Because I foresee future management. And if you're thinking about getting him this week, I personally think there are other options. What are your thoughts? So before I just saw that Simpson had scored 113, I was going to be like, get Benel. Um, he's going to dominate against his old club and teach him a lesson. He got 30-plus touches in the intra-club, blah, 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 blah. Um, now I'm less, I'm less worried about that, given the 113 from Simpson, and obviously he's going to make a lot of money. So, yeah, I'd probably wait for Simpson now um, rather than mm. take Benel this week. But I do think he will score really well this week. So, yeah. Um, you know, I'll just throw that out there. Rivers, though, Chizo, he was banished from the side. He, yeah. he wasn't just, like, dropped. He wasn't even named as an emergency. So they're like, you're not just out of the 22. You're <laughs> out of the 26. Go home. Now we only <laughs> brought 25 <laughs> people here. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that that's quite upsetting because he's a decent ball user. He just didn't get much of it. Yeah. I hope he comes back in, particularly because he's in my side. And him and, him and Bailey, Jay Williams, are... Uh, a dynamic duo on my on my defender bench, and it's causing going to cause me a lot of future problems. I can tell, particularly you, given Stark just scored thirty one on my field, so not a yeah. great start. Yeah, you have a lot of fun choosing who's going to get the uh, the C armband after you VC someone, don't you? Yes. <laughs> just so many so many loopholes to choose from. You must love that. Um, I think Rivers is, is just a typical example of someone that uses the ball well but relies on other people to get it to him. Um, and, I, and in sides like Melbourne, there are going to be people that suffer um, when you know, their side isn't completely dominant and just feeding you the ball. So um, not surprising that Rivers is out. Uh, you know, I'm gonna tr- I, I am personally going to stick fat without Harley. I think there are other options in the next 14 days that we can choose in our sides that I'm more confident um, only because I'm so concerned that Harley Bennell is going to be managed or rested or, um, you know, he, he's not going to play the next five games straight um, or I'll make a donation to the can- Cancer Council. So uh, wow. that, that's that's just my personal opinion. You can have different opinions. You can really, you know, Harley Bennell was my favourite player for a long period of time when he was at the Suns. I thought he was a gun, but I just, 
I'm trying to look objectively. I'm trying to stay safe. And um, that's just my, my personal opinion. You don't have to share it, Pistol. I know you don't because you got him on got him before he had his first game. You were that keen on him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they're, they're, a, a lot of people different uh, are different from that, that opinion. And I, I totally, totally understand where you're coming from. It's just not for me. All right, I'm going to take us through this in the North Melbourne game so we can get a move on. We've got out goes Stringer and Redmond, and in comes McKenna and Zeret out on the North Melbourne side. is Ben Cunnington with that injury, couldn't even move last week. Marley Williams and Tristan Sherry is out, and in comes Bailey Scott, Paula Hearn, and Tom Campbell. Chizo, I'm looking directly at Connor McKenna, and the question I'm going to ask you is, do you think that the inclusion of Connor McKenna is going to impact Ridley or Saad or someone in that um, Essendon back line? I'm going to change my tune and say no, because their game style that we talked about last week, so similar to Collingwood, that chip, 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 that when they sub a new player in, they're still joining the same kind of game style. It's not like... um, you're subbing in someone that they're always going to feed the ball to. They have multiple different distributors across that back line that can get the ball. And if they can all score together while they're there, I see no reason why Connor is going to suddenly suck up a lot more of the ball that um, Saad or Ridley were getting. I still see them scoring well. I see Connor McKenna complementing them. Um, I, I don't see it being a such a big significance that we're going to see the likes of Saad and Ridley start averaging 85. That makes sense. I, I I still see them being able to play the role they're currently um, they're currently operating at. So if you're still looking at Ridley at 460k, I don't think the inclusion of Connor McKenna should scare you off that decision. And Mitch Hibbard managed to keep his spot from last week. What did you make of his game? And do you think that he's a worthwhile rookie option, even though he scored poorly? Do you think he can lift um, from here on out and actually make some cash? And I, I, you know, just like last week, I think that Hibbert is going to be playing a specific role for Essendon with that bigger body that he's got. I didn't mind his game last week. It was kind of, it was underwhelming. Uh, I'm going to be passing on him this week um, in favour of another rookie, which we will get to. Um, is it Bunnell? <laughs> it is not Bunnell. Um I have no, I have no. Further evidence from what I saw last week to be convinced that he's going to hold a position long-term in that side. I personally thought he was um, in that side as a direct replacement for Merritt. Merritt is back and he's still holding his, his position, so that's great. I love to see that. But the Stringer went out, though, so yeah, kind of just he got thrown in. That's right. I, 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 I totally agree with that. I still have no additional confidence that he is going to be a long-term selection in that side. He is super tantalizing at only 114k. I would love to pick him in my side. I just don't think he is going to have necessarily the best role for super coach wise. He's going to be a bit of a bit player that um, fills gaps where needed, particularly um, round contests and, and, and a bit of clearance work and stuff like that too. So um, I, if you want to pick him, you liked what you saw, I wouldn't be saying no because that price is so hard to say no to. But he's just not for me. And on the North Melbourne side, obviously Cunnington goes back out. So I'm expecting a decent game of by Simpkin because yep. he seems to dominate when Cunnington's out. So uh, that's exciting. Cherry obviously is out omitted. Um, 
hopefully he can get another gig for owners and uh, just make a little bit more money because it's not really worth a trade at the moment. No. So I guess, yeah, you take out the cash that he can make. Um, otherwise, there's not really too much super coach relevance in this side. Do you want to take us through the next game? Uh, Port Adelaide and the Giants, Callum Ward, Jai Caldwell, Sam Jacobs and Zach Landon all named as ins with no confirmed outs. Uh, on the Port Adelaide side, Cam Sutcliffe, Peter Laddams, uh, Ryan Burton and Sam Mays all listed as in no confirmed outs either. It's going to be uh, going to be interesting. We we heard um, a few you know echoes down the corridor that we might be seeing the likes of uh, Tim Taranto back in the next couple of weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see um, where he fits into the side. I, I, I guess the one that kind of I want to get your thoughts on Pistol, uh, mainly because it's just off, uh, it's something that's been kind of gnawing in the back of my mind. How is Harry Perriman scoring? Every time I I can never tell which one he is when I'm watching the Giants. He, he just <laughs> he just blends into another one of their random midfielders that they have that suddenly scores well. He's floating around the ground on a wing, and he's just racking he, up. He's the kind ball of and doing everything goals. I wanted from Lockie Whitfield. Yeah, he, that is what he's doing, and he's, he's kicking goals as well. So he's just been very good with ball in hand um, this season, and you know it's translating into points. It's hard for me to think that he's going to keep it up, given he's come completely, you know, not out of nowhere. Like last season, he clearly had potential, and he played like a string of quite good games, and he got KO'd early in one of the games, and um, you know didn't really put together an end of the season after that. But this season is just come out firing and it's hard to think that's going to continue and it's hard to jump on any GWS player with Tim Taranto coming back and we're not really sure how it's going to shake up their lineup. Chizo, looking at that bench, I think Callum Ward's going to come in and replace Tommy Sheridan. Um, That one would just make sense to me. Do you think Lockie Ash can continually hold his spot in this GWS side even though he doesn't seem to be adding too much or is he going to get squeezed out by Caldwell? I don't think he's going to be squeezed out by Coldwell because I think they play slightly different. Uh, they, they present slightly different benefits to the uh, Giants' side. I still think he is going to get a game this week, um, but his you know this is one of those things where um, his output is not really justifying a position in that side. So if, you, if someone come and told me that he was out this week, I would not be surprised because... Um, he's just not providing enough grunt in that back half for the Giants um, pistol. So I, I, I think there's every chance that he gets dropped, but I think he, that he gets one more game. Do you think that the inclusion of Callum Ward pushes Cornelio um, forward? And I guess a follow-up question, when you think Taranto comes back, do you think that will that will force Cornelio forward? And therefore, at Cornelio's, I guess he's, he's at a... They call it a value price, but it's not value if he's playing in a forward role. Um, how do you see that shaping out over the next couple of weeks? It's a very, very well-directed question, isn't it? It's, it, it is any of these options going to force Cornelio forward? Um, <laughs> I, I, I am, you know, I'm hearing what you're saying. They have too many midfielders, and a lot of them... Uh, not one pace, but they tend to bring the same thing to the table. I'm looking at like a Haitley and a Hopper, a sort of a light for like. Um, can they fit um, a Taranto back in? You've got to remember that Taranto originally was a really good forward. So is there not the potential that they might ease him back in forward half and leave Canelio in the centre? That, that's also an argument to be made. 
I haven't personally seen Canelio be damaging, too damaging when he's played more off a half forward. So I can't really say for certain that they would want him in that role. Um, but I'm picking up what you're saying, the fact that they've got so many of these really good midfielders they just have to find a spot for. I just don't see how he can continuously play in the midfield. I feel like he's going to be playing mostly forward. And when Taranto comes back as well, I think that's likely the end of Tom Green as a rookie option too. So uh, hopefully for owners, he can get one more big game and squeeze out every last bit of cash, um, (laughs) you know, before he doesn't make it on that side, in in that side anymore. Chizo, um, Boke, I assume... Oh, I was literally. I assume, I, assume. Literally, was yep. about to bring that up. Go, you, you go. Yeah, take he, the take he's, the words He's going to get the Matt DeBoer tag. Yes. So I've seen a lot of people try and jump on him from Raoul this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably wouldn't be doing that. <laughs> no, not at, not at his elevated price. He's th- uh, six hundred and thirty k, which is fifty k up from his starting price at the beginning of the year. He's playing really, really well. I have absolutely no problem if you want to pick. Boke as one of your uh, you know final midfielders to get you through to the end of the year. This may be the game that he just has a little bit of a dip by copying that attention. Yeah, I think so too. And otherwise, he's I still think, only in three um, percent of teams. Yeah, yeah, well, he's, he's come in quite a bit. I'm checking uh, this week. Yeah, he got brought in. I think it was by like t- off the top of my head, it was like two point two percent of teams. So it was quite a bit. And I was like, ah, oh, not a great week to pick him this when De Boer is going to go to him. Yeah. Um, I was going to say Burton probably comes straight back in for Bonner, I imagine, and that's I'm, I'm thinking the only change. I'm going to go through the next game, Richmond yep. versus Swans. The game, the super coach game that everyone wants oh, to I'm talk so about. I'm so glad you picked this one. Far out. It, there is a bunch of ins and a bunch of outs. <laughs> the outs for Richmond include Hawley, Prestia, Edwards, Nank, and Cochin. And on the ins, including the interchange, we've got Coleman-Jones, Egmolas-Smith, Soldo, Graham, Ross, Pickett, Collier Dawkins, Garthwaite, and Shy Bolton. That was a lot of hyphens added to <laughs> added to this bench. It's a long line. On the Swan side, out goes Ronk and Melikin. In comes for his debut, Chad Warner, Dylan Stevens as well, another debut, and we've got Bell, Lewis Taylor, Robbie Fox, and Riley Stoddart all on the extended bench. Ah, what a mouthful, Chiso. <laughs> Tell me, which players? Don't do it. Don't you Warner ask me and... to. Don't you ask me to make the inter- interchange. I'll cry. I was going to say we know one and Stevens coming in, so I wasn't even yep. going to ask about the the Swans bench because <laughs> the rest of it. I guess we just want to know if you think McInery will play. It's just a yes or a no. No. Oh wow. Okay, I was expecting you to say the yes, so that's uh, taking me by surprise. Why, why don't you think he'll play? Um, I, I think it's just another one of those um, situations where um, I don't think his performance is really justifying the spot when they're trying to get some games into the young kids. I mean, they're not going to they're not going to drop. Um, the, you know, uh, their team is majoritively players that have got fifty games under the belt. You know, thirty to fifty games under the belt. If I'm looking at the players that um, are on that interchange that are likely not to play. Uh, probably James Bell, Robbie Fox, Lewis Taylor, probably not there as well. Maybe a Riley Stollard. So maybe he does get a game. Maybe he does. I changed my mind. I like that positivity. My only concern is that if Melican's out, they haven't really brought in a direct replacement. They would, they'll would they swing Dawson back into defense, you'd imagine, and then 
maybe Taylor takes that forward spot from Dawson, or they or might they, they might play one of the kids forward. What so about Lear, Lear? TBD, they can send him down there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is true. They can throw him back. He's on the his name's on the extended bench as well. I do think McKinney uh, does hold his spot, so I'll go with the positive pistol vibes. <laughs> I forgot about Chizo, that. Cheeso, the Richmond bench. <laughs> uh, good luck. Firstly, yes. uh, go for it. Tell me who is going to be playing out of. <laughs> I'd say there's eight names, but there's like twelve names because of all the hyphenations. So try and pick just four of them. Go. Try and just pick four of them. Try and just pick. The exact bench is what you're saying. Yep. Uh, Jack Higgins will play. Yep. And that's all I got. (laughs) (laughs) That's all I got. All right. I'll go for it. I think um, Callan Coleman-Jones won't play. I think he's just waiting to see if Tom Lynch gets up after his hand surgery. He's uh, still named in the side. So I think that's just they're holding that TBD there. Um, I think that Chole plays. Um, I think Bolton plays. And then it's one of Ross and Riley Collier Dawkins that will get a game. I don't think it'll be Ross because they got Jack Graham named this week. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know what they're doing down in Richmond at the moment, but I'm feeling good about an RCD debut. I just want it from a mm. super coach perspective, although I say that now and now I'm thinking, oh, I've got to get Simpson in the midfield. So a little bit yeah, of hold confusion off a week. going hold on. Hold off a week. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's, it's, uh, I'm getting a bit confused. But yeah, RCD, um, I've been looking forward to him debuting from a Supercoach perspective for a long time because I think he'd be a solid scorer. He's one of those like bulls where yeah. you know he's a tackler and an inside mid and it will suit this scoring system. Um, I just like him. and you know, we, we all want him to play, but he's, he's, he's also fighting the likes of Jack Ross, Jack Graham for that one spot. They're, they're all the exact... All the Jacks. Yeah, they're all the exact same player, just an absolute inside bull. It's interesting. Um, oh, man, there's a lot of good rookies. Mm. I think on the, the the Swan side, Dylan Stevens is probably too high priced and he doesn't seem to have the scoring potential. Um, so I don't think he's going to make too much good, money. Good in the future, um, but so not right now. He's a no. Yeah, Chad Warner, I'm more interested in because he's kind of priced, you know, basement rookie price, but I'm worried that they will play him out of position. Who knows what horse will do. He He's one of those, like, tackling, ferocious players that always gives his all. Um, so I'm hoping that can translate into some points, but again, we just saw Simpson get 113 um, pre-scaled, so he's probably the midfielder um, to come in, Chizo. Yeah, and and uh, you know, talking about Warner, he very similar to what we've just described in Jack Graham, and just like kind of that nuggety um, contested ball winner that you mentioned, and he will probably score well bef- uh, because of that. Um, obviously, on the Richmond side of things, I, I don't know if we've really. Um, given too much attention, Pickett is back, named in the guts. That's what we like to see. Um, I still see him as a reasonably good chance to be putting up scores. Like I know that um, he's only averaging sixty at the moment, but I still ha- I still am holding out hope that over the next couple of weeks we'll see the likes of the nineties that we saw in round one against Carlton. So um, if you still got him, I'm still hoping that there's another uh, bit of cash, maybe a hundred k, still to, to to squeeze out of that. Uh, but the one rookie that I do want to bring up uh, that is my rookie choice over Harley Bennell um, and the thought of going early on Isaac Rankin. Pistol, that is Jake Arts. Uh, he's a, a 25-year-old uh, former VFL player, and he just hits all the right marks uh, for someone that has done their kind of apprenticeship in the lower tiers, has the body, has the uh, the, the ferocity, and, and understands their game well enough that they can come into a senior team. And we saw last week, 
uh, fitted in quite well, just like a lot of these rookies um, that come through Richmond do, play their role the right way and it leads to good scoring. And, and the fact that he's a basement price, I'm really, really happy with that. And, you know, his his tackle pressure and stuff like that, I was, I was super impressed with. So, uh, for me, he's, he's my number one option this week. I'm not going to argue with that, Chizo. Mm. Um, you're making a lot of sense. But I will take us through the next game, the last game of the round. We're running a little bit long. Carlton versus Bulldogs. Uh, no outs, confirmed outs for Carlton, but onto the extended bench, we've got Callum Moore, Cameron Paulson, Matthew Kennedy, and Zach Fisher. You'd think Zach Fisher would definitely come in for the Blues, so someone's going to come out. On the Bulldog side, out goes crazy with the suspension, and Ling Jong is injured again. The poor bloke, just it's a walking mm. injury right now. And on the extended bench, incoming is Callum Porter, Jordan Sweet, Lockie Hunter, Lewis Butler, Matthew Suckling, Ryan Gardner. Um, Lockie Hunter will be straight back in the side, Without doubt, and you'd think Suckling comes in to replace Crozier as well, so that's probably the direct replacements there, Chizo. Yeah, yeah, I, I totally agree. Uh, I'm seeing, uh, I, I've looked through the the Bulldog sides every week that they've come out for so long now. It's al- it's almost like um, when you hear an alarm going off, you listen to it for long enough, and it just kind of fades into the back, and you don't notice it. The amount of times I've seen Jordan Sweet as a new player, you know, listed to play their debut game, and he only ends up as an emergency. Like I reckon I've seen that two dozen times now. So I've just I've just <laughs> filtered that out. So he's definitely no chance of getting a game. Uh, I agree with you. Say uh, Hunter and Suckling. Um, I I like what Lipinski brings to the Bulldogs. I'm surprised that um, that if he wouldn't be getting more of a run sooner rather than later. Um, Lipinski, he's playing. What do you mean? Named on the interchange. Yeah, he'll definitely play. He's yeah, been we're, playing we're doing, uh, we're, most we're, of the season. We're picking the four. Oh, yeah. Isn't, so this, Lipinski, a th- isn't this a thing? Yeah. No, it was obvious. All right, it's mate. It's really going to be Lipinski, Suckling, Hunter, and Vandermeer. All right. All right, mate. If it's that easy, why don't you go through the it's other that team? simple. No, <laughs> no I said It's so easy. Them. Go through Carlton. That was easy. Uh, Carlton <laughs> is a little bit harder, but it's, it's going to be Cade Simpson, <laughs> Zach Fisher, Harry McKay, and uh, probably Mitch McGovern. And we'll call that a day. Easy. Four. <laughs> Bang. Done, Chizo. No chance of Sam Philp coming back? No. Not above Zach Fisher. Um, I think that one's going to be pretty straightforward. I think both of these team names are pretty straightforward. I'd be surprised with any surprises. I do want to say, though, <laughs> Bailey Smith has been named. Fortunately for him, uh, it was the last game of the round. So he did. he's passed his concussion test. Um, so he'll play. I guess, unless it's a laid out. <laughs> he's being named, though, yeah. so we are expecting him to play. And his name's, you know, as a follower, so they're not going to be... It's not like they take it easy on him. He's going to be thrown straight in there. So. Yeah, and he's going to be a selectable next week at about 420K. Um, I'm really, really like it. I'm kind of likening this as like the second coming. This is like almost getting a second chance to pick Jai Simpkin if you missed him at the start of the year. You know what I mean? It's like- in the week... Yeah, the week after that is going to be three ninety k, so it's going to be even cheaper. That's right, you know, like so. If if you're looking, yeah, because you know, next week is probably going to be a double down. So the week after, it's going to be perfect to look at someone like Bailey Smith to to start uh, start filling out that side um, with someone that's heavily undervalued for what we think that they can produce during the rest of the year. So he's one I've definitely got my eye on. Perfect. So Chizo, we're going to talk about captaincies right before we wrap up. 
Um, obviously, you had your VC tonight on Dangerfield, you know, and he scored 146, so well done to you. But <laughs> Thanks, outside man. of the people that have already used their vice captaincies correctly, uh, who do you see putting on the, the VC and who do you see for the big C? I mean, the obvious choice uh, for VC this week for me is Grundy, uh, coming up against the Hawks on a Friday night. Um, I, I see absolutely no reason why he wouldn't go there. I was a little bit off last week, Pistol. I said that it was going to be 200, maybe 250. Uh, so I, yeah, I, a little off. I, I, I was only uh, only forty nine points off, which is not too bad. It's not too bad. I, I was pretty happy with that. I was hoping it's going to go big. Uh, Five in the Saturday, the early Saturday game is also a good shout. Um, but with Max Gorn uh, uh, just in the evening on Saturday, uh, it looks to me like a Grundy into a Gorn scenario. Um, for me, there are some definite options if we look uh, a little bit further down the list. Um, potentially a Todd Goldstein. I don't. I don't mind him either against the yeah, Dons because if you have all three rucks. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I'm just saying because coming up against Essendon, I know we've uh, Phillips did quite well last week, but um, Grundy still found it quite easily to uh, easy to score. So um, I, I I do like the idea of Goldstein coming up against him this week. I think he's been in really good form this year. Um, as another option, do you have anything other than that? Yeah, so if you listen to uh, myself on Fox Spot News, 8.15 a.m., Wednesday mornings, get around it. Um, Tom Mitchell has a five-game average against the Pies of 145 points. Yes, he got 54 possessions last time he played the Pies, and then people forget Are we, the game are we seeing that, Titch, though? Got, are we seeing Titch? Are we seeing he got are we, 50 possessions are we seeing mini the game titch? before the 54? Are we seeing mini-Titch at the moment? Look, if a bloke... Has a has got above fifty touches, fifty touches the last two times against a team. It's just that confidence that you know that when he goes up against a team, he's thinking I can do what I want against them, and they're not going to be able to stop me. And it's true, we won't be able to stop him. I think if you're not going to go with Grundy, the only viable alternative, in my opinion, obviously outside of Neil and Danger, who have already played, so we can't really do anything about that. You're putting the VC on one of Titch or Grundy, and then you're putting the C most likely on one of Fife if you have him, or Gorn. I would put it on Gorn because I don't have Fife. Um, just a you know career low of against Gold Coast of 108 for Gorn. I think it's a relatively safe pick. I know uh, Wits has somewhat limited opposition scores to, I guess you know. Um, Gorn still plays well on him. Yeah, but Wits has played not great opponents, so it's mm. it's not a completely fair statistic. And Gorn's averaging 145. You know, Wits isn't keeping him to sub 100. Yeah, um, I agree. He's still going to go big regardless. He's got a th- three-round average of 163, for God's sake. So, yeah. you know, it's uh, Titch, probably... Titch worries me a little bit. He's, he's, I, I, look, I can understand that because of his form, but... It's hard to go past Grundy and go on this season. Yeah. Every every week they're putting up big scores. It's not even do we even need a captaincy section? I don't, <laughs> I don't think I don't think there's any real reason to go outside the two of yeah. them. Yeah. I, I think that's that, that's the safest option. Like I I like the history of Titch, you know, just going insane. But the fact that he's only gone one twenty plus once this year and he's had Forty percent of his scores have been below hundred. Is just enough for me to say, 
no thanks, I'm going to go with Grundy. That's just me. Like, uh, he could come out and have yeah. another 50 touches and score 250 this week, and it'll be the one that I didn't call that actually happened, and I'll look like an idiot, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm having to take that one on the chin. I, I think there's, you know, some players might pop out big scores this week, but it's just the safety of Grundy and Gorn. I, I imagine Greenwood has potential to go big, even Petrarca potential to go big, Doherty. Crips, Bontempelli, you know, all these players have the potential to go big, but just the safety of Grundy into gone. I think it's a, a no-brainer there, Chiso. Yeah. Is there anything else that you'd like to touch on for the round? Last thing I want your opinion on, if we're planning on doing a double downgrade next week, which seems likely, it makes it more incentive incentivized for this week to try and upgrade somewhere if you can. You know, like... I, I, I see a few people that are going, I'm going to jump on Arts and I'm going to jump on Harley Bunnell. I think that's maybe the wrong choice this week. I think maybe you have to choose one and find somewhere to upgrade. Is that what that you know along the lines that you're thinking or what's your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's perfect advice, Chizo. Find I, somewhere I was to upgrade. saying how I didn't like the idea of double downgrading and being you know a premium behind everyone because you don't know if you're yes. going to cop an injury um, and so on and so forth. But next week, there's just so many rookies that seem like they could be special for this year 100%. not ones that just get dropped after one game or two games yeah. um and, and if you know 90% of the competition are bringing in Rankin and Sam Simpson after his 100 and pre-scaled 113 I don't know what he ends up finishing on but um if they're you know they almost seem too good to pass up yeah literally a rookie that's tons and Isaac Rankin and I, I, th- uh, I think the t- obvious yeah. thing for me sorry to cut you off is that a lot of us have Rao. Most of us have Rao. Anyone listening to this podcast does have Rao. It seems like a really obvious choice to use that money you get from doing one downgrade to just get Rao to someone you don't have. Maybe you don't have Fife and he's come back this week. Seems like a, a, a nice little sideways trade. Not sideways. A nice little upgrade there. To um, In the last seven days, we've been thinking that Rao is going to be our M8 for the season. This is our answer. Just upgrade him now. I think that's, uh, that's a really easy option. Or... Downgrade to Whitfield. But yes, two two <laughs> upgrades if you can as well. Don't I wouldn't be keeping that much money in the bank this week given the next weeks. Um, and then, you know, the week after the double downgrade, it's it's Bailey Smith time. It's all planned out. And you know what they say? What, best what do plans. they say? <laughs> best laid plans off go astray. So I'm looking forward to everything being ruined with injuries <laughs> and carnage. Well, here's the thing. When we said that there was going to be no carnage and we cursed the whole competition, now that we think there's going to be carnage, it's going to be smooth sailing. Oh, all right. I like, I like the theory. Or wait, or have I just jinxed this? Should I have said jinx? Pro- probably. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. I haven't said anything. Pistol, let's distract everyone by taking us through our Twitter handles. The main page is Dr. Underscore SC. You can find me at Cheezo with a Z underscore DRSC. Pistol at Pistol underscore DRSC and JB at JB underscore DRSC. Pistol, thanks for talking Supercoach with me tonight. Thank you for having me, Cheezo. I look forward to a good round of footy. Fantastic. Thanks for listening, community. We'll talk to you again very soon. Thank you.